0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 and 6. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 and 6. Let's read a couple of verses. Romans chapter eight verses five and six, the Bible says, "Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace." Let me let me, let me re- repeat that verse. Verse six: The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And Father, we're we're grateful uh, that we can be here today. Uh, We know the power of the Word. We know the power of the Word to transform. We know the power of the Word to change our hearts and our lives. Speak by the Holy Spirit. Let Your gifts be in operation even as I share. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom here today. We're hungry to hear from You. We haven't come to church this morning because we want to hear a person. We've come to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We are hungry for the Word of God. Speak to us this morning, I pray. Let this thought become a revelation that brings transformation in our hearts and lives today, I pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. Uh, This is the last uh, Sunday of uh, 2019. Last Sunday of the decade, too, by the way. Next week we enter into the new decade, the 2020s. Um, and so on this last Sunday, I want to share a thought that I pray. Uh, will actually make a difference in our lives. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying for that and really believing that this word is not just going to be another word. It's not just going to be a, another good thought. But I I pray that this word is actually going to bring transformation in our hearts and lives. One of the doctrines or themes that appears in the Bible is the doctrine of change. Salvation is about change. Um, repentance is is by definition about Change repentance is well. I'm heading in this direction, and when I repent, I, I make a decision. I'm not going to head in this direction anymore. I'm actually going to head in a completely different di- direction. Sanctification is about change. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus every single day. So let me let me give you some scriptures to back that up. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation." The old is gone, the new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a a new creation. Changes happen when we give our life to Jesus Christ. We don't give our life to Jesus Christ and then stay the same. Something changes uh, when we give our life to Jesus. How many people have changed since giving their life to Jesus Christ? One or two people. We'll have to ask your friend or spouse, you know, if you've actually changed. Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God that brings salvation. In other words, The the, the gospel has power to bring salvation, to bring change. What makes the gospel so powerful, it's not just a brainwashing technique. It's not just another therapy. There is power to bring transformation. That's what makes the gospel powerful. Paul says to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with everlasting or ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The idea is as Christians and as believers, either we're getting closer to God or we're getting further away from God. We're moving in a direction. Question is, which direction are we moving in? Change is always happening. Are we moving away from God or are we getting closer to God? The Bible tells us that as we get closer to God, we are changed by the Spirit of God and we become more and more like Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, one, a scripture that I really love. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness into goodness knowledge and knowledge self-control. And there's a whole list of characteristics. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we can change. Uh, continue to add to your faith goodness. In other words, in other words, once we've come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, one of the things that we need to do is increase in, in the area of goodness and in the increase in the area of self-control and so on. We can change, we can be transformed. Now what happens at this time of the year, we generally do a stock take on our lives. Uh, we see the things that need changing and we make resolutions to that effect. We say, Next year is going to be different. Come on, how many people are going to say that already? Have you already been saying that? Last year was like this. There were a few things that happened last year. Next year is going to be different. Next year, things are going to change. You're going to lose weight next year. Next year, 2020 is going to be, for me anyway, it's going to be the year of no sugar in Jesus' name. (laughs) I'm already behind. haven't even started. Uh, Next year, I'm going to study. Next year, I'm going to do my devotions consistently going to change friends. Reality is very few things actually change. So so what I want to do today is I want to teach a principle that I pray is going to help us, Uh, a principle that is going to bring about uh, transformation in our lives. It's a biblical principle uh, that I I pray is actually going to speak to us all this morning. And here's the thought, it's a simple thought. Uh, but, but, but I pray it'll, it'll, it'll uh, penetrate our hearts. I pray it's going to change something inside of us. What needs to change in our lives, listen carefully, is not so much what we do, but how we think. What needs to change more than anything else in our lives is not so much our behaviour. What needs to change is our thinking. It's what's happening in our mind. That all transformation begins with our thoughts. Our thoughts matter more than we think. Our, our thoughts have the capacity to influence our lives more than we actually think. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, sow a thought and you reap an action. Now, many, many of you have heard this statement before. Sow a thought and you reap an action. In other words, what precedes an action, what precedes what we do is usually a thought. I think something and then I do it. Sow a thought and you reap an action, sow an action, and you reap a habit Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. How important is the thought? It all, it all begins by thinking right. It, it all begins by having the right kind of thoughts and, we, and, and it can, uh, right thinking is gonna lead to a powerful destiny. David Stoop uh, says this, change your thoughts, change your life. I like that. Ch- change your thoughts, change the way you think and you have the capacity to change your life That's a very good quote. He's a psychologist, just for the record. Just kidding. Uh, Craig Rochelle says this, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I'm gonna repeat that again. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If our thoughts are full of faith, full of God's truth, we will become more like Christ every single day, which is the goal, which is the objective of every believer in Christ. If our thoughts are negative and toxic, Distort it will influence our lives in a different way, not for the positive, but for the negative. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Paul says to the Romans, as we read in our, in, in our text, listen to what it says. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. They live a certain way because that's how they think. Because their minds are set on certain things But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. They've understood what does the Spirit want, what what, what are the desires of the Spirit, and they, they set their minds on those things and they live accordingly. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit, now listen carefully, it leads to life and peace. That's a powerful thought right there. That if our mind is governed by the Spirit, one of the consequences of that is it's going to affect our life. We're going to experience life and peace. Paul is speaking there about the power of our thoughts. A mind that is governed, directed, controlled. By the flesh leads to death, but if you allow your mind to be governed by the Spirit, I, I just love that thought, I, I, I just pray that it'll get into our hearts, then it's going to lead to life and peace. How many people could do with just a little bit more life and peace? One of, one of the ways that's going to become a reality in our, in, in our lives is we need to start to think about our thinking. We need to start to see what's going on between our ears, Amen. Paul says, allow your mind to be governed by the Spirit. Allow the Word to influence your thinking. Allow God to shape and influence how you think. Because if you think the right way, it's going to influence your life. So often we think about behaviour change, and it's important. I'm going to come back to that a little later. We think about behaviour change, but what we need to think before we think that even more is think about thought change. Our thinking. Question is, how do we change our thinking? How do we change what happens in our mind? How do, how do we change those conversations that happen in our mind? Well, the first thing that we need to do is that we need to examine our thoughts. That's point number one. You can write that down in your notes. Uh, the first thing that we need to do is examine our thoughts. Uh, one of the things that we need to all come to terms with is that we talk to ourselves. Can I hear an amen somewhere? Isn't anybody, anybody here talk to themselves? We are constantly talking to ourselves. Some people believe, researchers believe, we, we talk to ourselves at a rate of about 2,500 2, words a minute. I don't know how they even count that. I, I think they just pluck that figure out of the air. We do a lot of talk. There's a lot of conversations happening in our minds. Some of you are thinking right now, some of you are present in the building, some of you are not present in the building, some of you are flying away. Some of you are thinking we should have gone to the beach this morning. We should have gone to the beach. I knew we should have gone. There is an inner dialogue going on in our mind 24 7. It doesn't stop, it just continues. And that inner dialogue is either uplifting and positive, or that inner dialogue is depressing and destructive. It's either building us up or tearing us down. It's doing one of those two things. Question is what kind of thoughts dominate our thinking? David prayed these words. I love this scripture. He says, Psalm 19 14 May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. May the, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be be acceptable to you, O Lord, my, my Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Um, how, how do you know what you're thinking? One of the ways we know what we're thinking is by, by, by assessing the words that come out of our mouth. Because before a, a, a word comes out of our mouth, usually starts with a thought. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my Lord, so often our, our, our confession and our thoughts are actually not pleasing to God. Um, so often our confession and our thoughts are actually destructive and not and not and not building us up in any way. David understood something about the power of our confession and our thoughts. He says, "Oh God, I've got help me to transform what's happening inside of me." It's confession. And his thoughts would be pleasing to God. So I want to ask you a question. What does your inner dialogue look like? What, what does your inner dialogue look like? Do you wake up in the morning and think, God is with me? Today's going to be a good day. I'm called by God. God is going to use me. His peace is going to protect me. I have grace to do everything that God has called me to do. Is that, is that the way you wake up in the morning? Or do you wake up in the morning and the first thought in your mind is, where's the coffee? (laughs) Who ate the last piece of cake? (laughs) Wait till I get them. (laughs) Here goes another day. I hate my job. I have to go to work. I have so much to do. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I know that none of us have perfect thinking. But if we're honest with ourselves, um, which one of these two kinds of thinking represent our, our thinking by and large? Remember, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Just remember that thing. Whatever your strongest thoughts are, that's that's the direction that our life is moving in. And if we're honest with ourselves, we we could all do with some some work in our in our thinking. For many of us, it's not behaviour change we need. What what we need to do is actually clean up our thoughts. It's probably a good place to start. Clean up the way we think. What's going on in our minds. Paul says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He says somewhere else, "Um, but you have the mind of Christ. I I love that. In other words, Jesus thought a certain way and Paul is saying, well, we can actually think the way Jesus thought. I don't think Jesus ever thought negative thoughts. I don't think Jesus ever thought bad thoughts. His, His thinking was pure and right. And Paul is saying here that we can actually think like Jesus thought. What we need is for God to help us change our thinking. Paul says this in Romans, Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2. You know the Scripture. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does God transform us into new people? One of the ways He does that is by changing the way we think, by changing our thinking, our thoughts. Notice how the Scripture says, let God change you in a new person. How? By changing how we think, notice it's God that's bringing the change. And how does he bring about the change? One of the things that God does, one of the ways that God changes and transforms us is he changes the way we think. He, He changes what's happening in our mind. He exposes the lies. He replaces the negative thoughts with godly truth. When we align our thinking with God's truth, God changes us into new people. God transforms us. Now, this is a Bible thought. Some of you are saying, this is sounding a lot like psychology. Anybody thinking like that? Listen, listen. truth belongs to God. It doesn't belong to anybody else. Can I hear an amen? This, this is the Bible we're preaching this morning. It's not some theory or some philosophy. I don't care what anybody says. All truth belongs to God. This is Bible. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my Lord and my rock and my redeemer. So much of what happens to us in life is not so much about what happens, but what we think about what happens, how we process what happens to us. Take fear. Fear is a a very interesting one. Fear is more about what's happening in our mind than in our circumstances. How many people know that's true? Psalm 21:27 says this I love Psalm 27. It says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear? It's a psalm about fear. If you struggle with fear, I want to encourage you. Get a hold of Psalm 27, memorize it. Let it become a part of your life. The Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid? Fear says this, fear ultimately is a conversation that's happening in our minds. Fear says this, something bad is going to happen to you. Fear, fear, fear says to us, things are going to get worse. Don't go there because something bad is going to happen. Don't fly out on an aeroplane, don't get on an aeroplane, that plane will fall, come on. There are some people that will never fly because of fear. Fear keeps them trapped. Uh, don't go on a cruise. What do you, what do you call the, the driver of a, of a ship? Is it, a, is it the pilot? Is it a pilot? The captain, sorry. Captain's probably going to be Italian. <laughs> and you're gonna, and it's going to come down. That cruise ship's going to come down. All right, it's, it's happened before. It's happened before. Uh, fear is more about what's happening in our mind than, what, than what's actually happening in reality. And so often we're not even aware of our thoughts. So often we don't, we don't, we're not even conscious of, of what's happening in our mind. But nevertheless, our behavior is driven by some of these thoughts or beliefs that we have. One of the ways that God deals with our fears is by bringing them into the light. One of the ways that God deals with our fears is by shining a light on them. Listen to the scripture again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? One of the ways God deals with fear is he shines a light on it. He exposes that fear so that we can see it in front of us and we go, what were you thinking? So much of life is about how we process what is happening to us. The antidote to fear, by the way, is faith. And and, and we've got to ask ourselves, what's that inner dialogue look like? Is it an inner dialogue of fear or is it an inner dialogue of faith? Because you can't have both. Fear is faith that something bad is going to happen. I'm believing that if I get on that aeroplane, it's going to come down. I believe that with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. The antidote to fear is faith in God. Now, 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 notice, notice what David says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What is he doing with the fear? He's replacing it with the truth. The truth is the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When we recognise that God is with us, that His power is real, that His grace sustains us, when we're weak, he's strong, our lives are in His hands, then something begins to change in our lives. Something begins to shift in our lives. When our thinking is brought into line with truth, then real transformation happens in our hearts and lives. So the first step in thought transformation is to is to examine our thoughts. Best way to do that is actually to start writing your thoughts down. It's bringing the thoughts out of the darkness and bringing them into the light. It's one of the greatest things that you can do by yourself. No one has to read it. Throw it away afterwards if you want. If you're, you're, oh I wouldn't want anybody to know what I'm thinking. Okay, fine. Just do this exercise by yourself. Get a piece of paper and a pen. Start writing what you're thinking. Because once you see what you're thinking with your eyes, you're going to go, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Next step is to challenge your thoughts with the truth. Paul says in Corinthians, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight for, they're not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say the word strongholds. In other words, in this life, we will face some battles. We will face some battles. But we don't fight with the weapons that the world has, knives and guns and whatever. The issues are spiritual issues. The battle is a spiritual battle. And the weapons we fight with are spiritual. How many people know that the the greatest spiritual battles happen in the mind? That, that the greatest battle that happens is right in our mind. If the enemy can get, a, can get a foothold in our mind, he knows he has our lives. We have weapons as well, like prayer and fasting and worship and praise. And here's another one, truth. One of the great weapons that we have as, as believers is truth. We don't have normal weapons and our weapons are powerful. They have the power to demolish what Paul calls strongholds. Now a stronghold is a habit pattern of thinking that is contrary to God's Word. It's really important. At the base of a stronghold is usually a lie. Now there are, there are good strongholds. There are good habit patterns of thinking. But I'm talking about the negative ones. The negative ones at the base of, a, of the negative strongholds is a lie that we believe to be true. And literally, it means that someone is locked in a dungeon and they think that there's no way out. Literally, what a stronghold means is someone who's locked in a room, locked in a dungeon somewhere, and they think that there's no way that they can get out of that. And they remain right there. It's a wrong mindset. It's a spiritual trap. Famous experiment in psychology. You've heard me talk about this before. Learned helplessness. Uh, Many years ago, they did a uh, they did a study where they, uh, they they got a cage, put a dog in this cage. The floor was electrified, uh, just in case you don't. They don't allow to do that anymore. Okay, it's been banned. They can do it with cats, but not with dogs. So um, just, <laughs> just lost half the congregation. So they uh, they put this dog in a cage, electrify the floor. They put power through through the floor. The dog tries to escape, instinctively he's trying to escape. But there's a lid on the cage, the dog can't escape. So eventually, do it again, do it again, do it again. Eventually the dog learns, no matter what it does, it can't get out of that cage. So then they take the lid off that cage and they put power through the floor again. What do you think happens to the dog? The dog's in a corner somewhere, it stays in that corner. Why? Because it's believed that there's no way that I can get out of this. The problem is not the environment, the problem is its beliefs. And for many of us, the enemy has convinced us that we can't, that we won't, that we never will, things will never change. There are strongholds or beliefs that influence our lives powerfully. The Bible says that we can demolish strongholds in the name of Jesus. That as, as we get closer to God, as, as we are sanctified, as, as we become more and more like Jesus, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, it begins to shine His light on those strongholds that are influencing every decision we make in our lives and how we live our lives. We demolish arguments and every pretension, says the verse that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. How do we demolish strongholds? We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. The New Living Translation says this, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I love that translation. So if you've got a rebellious thought, what do you need to do? You need to capture it. You need, to, you, need, you need to talk to that thought and say, That's enough. That's enough. I'm not going to think like that anymore. You're going to obey Christ in the name of Jesus. If you've got a critical thought, what do you need to do? You need to capture that thought. And you need to talk to that thought and you say, That's enough, no more of that. You're going to obey Christ. We'll take captive every thought and we make it obedient. To Christ, question what negative thoughts are dominating your thinking. What toxic thoughts have you believed and accepted to be true? What lies have you allowed to determine the direction of your life? Here are some lies that people buy into or have brought into. I can't get it all done. I'm not a good enough mum. I'm never gonna change. I'm always gonna battle with such and such. I'm 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 very inconsistent, whatever that is. I'm never gonna get over this. I'm always gonna struggle with my weight. I will never forgive myself. I'm ugly. I wish I was never born. I wish I was dead. I hate my life. I'm just an average student. My marriage is never going to work. What is it that you're consistently telling yourself? What lie have you brought into? Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Whatever it is we think about the most, whatever we whatever, whatever we've thought about as being true, our lives are going to move in that direction. Dr. Caroline Leaf says, just a reminder, your thoughts are not facts. Just a reminder, your thoughts are not facts. And so we need to identify what the lie is and then we need to replace it with the truth. Third thing that we need to do uh, is behave in a manner that is consistent with truth. Um, there's quite a few things we could, we could say here, but let's, let's go with this couple here about how we change our thoughts. Here's the first one. First, first, we need to examine the thoughts. We need to replace the toxic thought with truth. Number three, we need to behave in a manner that's consistent with truth. It's true that our thoughts influence our behaviour, but it's also true that our behaviour influences our thoughts. Paul says this, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace shall be with you. Now this is the, this is the passage, Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. It's the passage on anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind. There, there, there are three or four keys there on how to deal with anxiety. The first one is pray, pray. The second one is, think correctly. Paul goes on to say, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble. So one of the reasons why we're anxious is because we believe the lie. Paul says, make sure you think about truth. And then verse nine, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace shall be with you. We're not just slaves to our thoughts. We have a will that can override our thoughts. We can choose to behave in a manner that is consistent with truth. And when we do, our thinking starts to change. Some of you, um, sorry, some people um, woke up this morning and they said, shall I go to church or shall I not? It started with a thought. Shall I go to, it's 38 degrees today. So it's either gonna be the beach or church. Now you guys are the good ones in the name of Jesus. <laughs> come on. People had people had a, had a choice to either either church or somewhere else or not church. And their thoughts might have been saying let's not go to church. But you guys decided to come to church anyway. We have something in our, in us called the will that is able to override our thoughts and our emotions. And, 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 and thought change happens as we consistently choose what is right. I, I may not think or, or, or I, don't, I don't necessarily think this is going to be good or whatever. I may not want to do something. I don't feel like doing something. I don't care. I'm going to do what is right because that's what the Word of God says. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. I'm not going to be governed by my thoughts. I'm not going to be governed by emotions. I'm going to be governed by truth in the name of Jesus. Paul says, whatever you've seen, do it. The Bible is not just about changing the way we think. It's also about changing the way we behave. Or the epistles that were written, Paul would first of all teach doctrine and he would teach theology. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. And then there would always be practical application. This is what you need to do. Behave in a manner consistent with truth. Number four, confess the truth every day. Confess the truth every day until your mind is renewed. We identify the stronghold, the stinking thinking, the negative mindset. We replace it with the truth. And then we confess that truth again and again until something begins to change in our hearts. Over the last few years, I've travelled to Italy uh, on a number of occasions. My Italian, I think my Italian is amazing, but it's not great at all. Um, And I know that when I go to Italy, it's just... Yeah. Anyway, I think in English and then I speak in Italian. So when I'm speaking in Italian, I, I, the thought is English first, then I got to translate it, all right, and then got to got to go through the dictionary of words and and then and then finally speak. And initially, it's a lot of work. Stumble over words. I'm embarrassed, um, and so on. After a while, though, um, my Italian seems to get better uh, to the point. Uh, where I actually start thinking words in Italian and not in English. Instead of thinking the English word, I start thinking Italian words. Um, And and, and that makes the whole process easier. As we confess the truth, initially it's going to sound funny. It's going to be clumsy. But eventually it's going to sink into our spirit and it's going to start to affect the way we think. And in turn the way we behave. Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Frank Damasio says don't allow life to shape your words, but shape your life with your words. And when our confession is in line with the truth, when, when our confession is in line with the truth of God's word, transformation takes place. It's we bring our, our, our thinking into line with the truth of God's word. I've got a couple of fruit trees. I'm in the fruit tree phase. Been in that phase for a couple of years now. And uh, <clears throat> with the summer, the heat, um, a couple of the trees fell. Just woke up in the morning, the trees up, down. And um, so what I did was um, I got this steel stake, this heavy-duty steel stake, put it next to the tree and just hammered it right into the ground. And then I tied the tree to that stake. Um, That tree's not going to move anymore. It's going to stay upright. Often what we need to do with our thoughts is we need to tie it to a truth of Scripture. We need to tie it there and say, you're not going to move anymore. Because this is the Word of God. We bring our thinking into line with God's Word. Have a look at some of these declarations. I am forgiven by God. I will walk in the confidence of God today. Some of you that lack confidence, I will walk in the confidence of God today. Some of you never feel good enough. It just never feels like it's enough. I will walk in the confidence of God today. I will experience the joy of the Lord today. The peace of God will guard my heart. For those of you that are anxious, the peace of God will guard my heart today. I'm loved and accepted by God. as a powerful, powerful truth. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I will fulfil the plan and purposes of God for my life. God is with me, I'm not alone. God is gonna see me through. God will give me the strength to overcome this addiction in the name of Jesus. My children will serve the Lord. I will love my husband, my wife every single day. Our love will grow stronger every single day. And I am covered by the blood of the Lamb. Some of you need to speak these words by faith. But Pastor Joe, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand how bad things are. We bring our thinking and our confession into line with the truth of God's Word. David said, send your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. Send your light. Expose the lies that are in my heart. And send your truth, replace them with the truth of God's word. Let them guide me, let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Now, this kind of sounds really easy on paper. Easy to preach this sermon. It's a lot more difficult to do. If anyone's ever tried this, you know how challenging this can be. It's the grace of God that helps us. It's as we, stake, we, as we take a step of faith, as as we begin to action this, it's the Holy Spirit, it's the grace of God that helps us to become more and more like Jesus every every day. So here's where the message gets practical. I want you to take note of your thinking. I want you to do some homework over the next few weeks. Uh, what are some of the negative, toxic thoughts that seem to dominate your thinking? I want you to write those down. Then go to your Bible. And see what the Bible says about that. And I want you to write down a statement for each thought that is consistent with truth. I want to challenge you to declare each statement aloud every single day, every single day. And it may seem strange at first, but you say it over and over again and watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch the transformation begin to take place. Now, this doesn't happen quickly. It may for some people. Some, for some people, the, 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 the transformation can happen quickly. It's just a mindset change. But for others, it's going to take time. Um, it's a bit like taking vitamins, you know. I don't know if you're for or, or against vitamins. doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, vitamins never work instantly. It's all marketing scam. But anyway, uh, they, they will say, well, you've got to take it for six months before it starts working. All right. That's just more revenue for six months. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's the same with this. This is, this is not a, a quick fix. We want the quick fix. This is the slow fix. You didn't get here overnight. You didn't just start thinking the way you're thinking just overnight. And it's not going to change overnight. It's going to take some time. But by the grace of God, if you do some of these things, that, those thoughts will change in the name of Jesus. Some people say, well, that's just positive confession. Splab it and grab it, name it and claim it. Uh, No, it's not. This is truth confession and faith confession. We're confessing the Scriptures. We are confessing the Word of God. Now, either this is true, or if it's not, let's just read another book. But if this is true, then we need to confess it and believe it in the name of Jesus. Now, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. Um, that's what, that's what faith is. I confess these truths in faith, believing that as I, as I confess this as a truth in my life, that something is gonna change. Transformation is gonna take place. Every day I speak the truth. And by the grace of God, over time, something begin to change. The Bible tells the story of Abraham. Uh, God had appeared to him in Genesis chapter 12 and said, you will be the father of a great nation. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. Um, That's Genesis chapter 12. You know the story of Abraham and uh, time's ticking away and no children. Uh, One day Abraham's complaining to God about this. The Bible says, listen carefully, God takes him outside and He shows him the stars. He says, so shall your descendants be. Um, now the Bible just says he, he was outside, but it could be that, 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 uh, that Abraham was in a tent somewhere mulling over these thoughts and thinking, well, you know, God gave me a promise and, and that promise hasn't come to pass and, and where's the answer gonna come from and how's this gonna be? And, and his, his thinking is getting ne- more and more negative and so on. God takes him outside, the Bible says, and He shows him the stars and He says, so shall your descendants be. What was God doing? God was changing His thinking, His mindset about the future. He was, he, he was changing the way He was thinking. He was saying, I know you're thinking you're in a hopeless situation, but I want you to see those stars because those stars are gonna be a reminder. That's what your descendants are gonna be like. Some of us are in our tent and we're filled with doom and gloom. Some of us are in in our tent and we're just saying, we're just mulling over certain things, certain thoughts, certain beliefs, certain toxic thoughts. Strongholds. God wants to bring us out of our tent and show us a new perspective about the future. Some of us are locked into a lie, a destructive pattern of thinking, toxic thinking, hopelessness. Nothing's ever gonna change, despair. God is inviting us to get out of the tent And look to the skies to start thinking differently about our life and our future. Why don't we start 2020 with a thinking overhaul? Expose some toxic thoughts, replace them with the truth, behave in a manner which is consistent with God's word and confess the truth over and over again until we see transformation by the grace of God. See, we, th- we, we, we can either be dominated or controlled, have our minds set on the flesh. The outcome of that is, the Bible says, death, eternal separation from God. Or we can have our minds set on what the Spirit says. And if we do, it's going to lead to life and peace. Will you stand with me? Just as you're standing there, uh, one of the great prayers to pray as as we look at this topic is, Lord, help me to understand what's happening inside of me. So often we can read people really well. We know what's, well, we think we know what they're thinking. <laughs> but we've we got no clue what's happening inside of us. One of the things we can pray is, Lord, bring into the light. what's going on in my heart. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in the way of lasting. Why not give the Holy Spirit permission to bring to the light some of those strongholds or those thoughts that are dominating our thinking. Because our life will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. We want our strongest thoughts to be in line with the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? Just close your eyes right where you are. We're just going to pray. Just thank you, Father God. Come on, just pray right where you are. Lord, just search my heart. Bring to light some of these thoughts. Bring to light some of the strongholds that are dominating my thinking. Listen, you pray that prayer with all your heart, God will do it. Um, You don't know what you don't know. We all have blind spots, but the Holy Spirit is not blind. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what's happening in our hearts and lives. The greatest thing that we can do is allow the Holy Spirit to shine His light, to reveal truth. Because that's what's gonna lead to life and peace. Just come Holy Spirit. Just come Holy Spirit.